Welcome to another episode of Zero Emissions, a podcast about sustainability and the built environment. This week, it's a slightly different one. We have Alora Coupe of Her Own Space with us. It's a bit different because Alora isn't a built environment professional in the way many of our guests usually are. She has, recognising a need within the broader market, established a platform or a network for women who are interested in learning more about and engaging with the whole process of renovation or retrofit. That's the same thing, isn't it? We're really enthused by this because it offers such a a different perspective and such a different set of opportunities compared to the normal avenues for learning about trades, skills, strategies, materials. I think I say quite early on, I'm a little bit envious a place we are excluded from. So yeah, it's something we think has the potential to be quite important. It's only been going since 2022. It's got around 3,000 engaged users and in a very bloke-centric industry. It's very necessary and just its very existence highlights a lack that is there. So yeah. Laura is a really interesting person who's got a background in the in the trades. The long and short, I suppose, is this is a project that we only found out about a couple of months ago, and it's one we're very enthused about because it offers a whole different set of perspectives that we can learn from and learn about. And that's the researcher in us. But yeah, there's lots of tales to tell. We implore everyone who can help to get involved, promote it. Anyway, I'll stop banging on. You don't need to hear from me any more than you have to. As ever, thank you for joining us. It's just me and Jeff this week. Oh, before it runs, we're offering up the floor for a sort of Ask Jeff feature. Although I'm going to have to rename it. I found out there was a website called Ask Jeff the other day. But if you have any burning questions, I mean, ideally keep it professional, that you would like to ask a man like Jeff, with all his knowledge and experience from his peculiarly vaunted position, get in touch. Can't promise we'll answer all of them. You'll find the email address in the show notes. But it's any one of us, first names at zeroambitions.partners. Right, I'll let it run now. Cheers. Yeah, thank you for joining us today. Oh, well, Thanks I'm- for talking to me. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, yeah. I mean, Jeff, so to your question, the reason why we've got Laura on today is it's because I'm a nosy prick. And looking at the LinkedIn page followers, I saw like there was like a spate of them in a week and it said like you've, you've had 30% more followers this week. So I went and had a look. And uh, I saw Laura was in there and it said her own space and that didn't make any sense to me off the face of things and so i had a look and then a little investigate and thought oh that looks well interesting and so i was moved to reach out to you immediately i feel a bit left field on this podcast because i'm not um you know i'm not an architect i'm not an engineer i'm not but i think that's that's hopefully what conversations um good to have with you guys is about being more of the the grassroots consumer focused yeah uh, could you in the, could you in the simplest possible terms 
Alora. And so, sorry, Dan, I can start that again if, if I've interrupted and it's causing difficulties. Alora, <laughs> um, in the simplest possible terms, for, for my very, very limited mind, um, could you um, describe what her own space is uh, and, um, and, and a bit of, about your own background? Yeah. Um, her own space is simply a space for women undertaking renovation work with an interest in empowering them to retrofit um, nationwide across the UK. And that's it. That's simply what it is. And I think the simplicity of it is what makes it easy in terms of people understanding quickly the benefits they get as well from joining. Great. Then why did you set it up? So um, I've run home renovation projects as a professional uh, for the last seven, eight years. And predominantly, always end up supporting women. Um, all the women seem to be the, you know, the forefront decision makers, or that they're the ones who feel suddenly comfortable talking to me because I'm unusually a woman in the project management space that can turn up and help them with their renovation. And what I noticed really quickly was that they, and I've always known this, but they don't feel comfortable talking to trades. I mean, this is quite obvious. There's a lot of fear for women homeowners being seen as emotional or annoying or you know you know they don't know what they're talking about and there's also a huge level of trust issues in renovation in terms of who to trust when you're basically about to spend a huge sum of money more than you ever typically will on a personal project so what led to her own space was kind of a covid revelation i think a lot of people had that um during that period where i had a few on site jobs but obviously we had strict covid rules in place and i i felt like i was duplicating my work over and over again supporting women and i set up literally a facebook group called her own space simply as somewhere for the same questions to be answered and asked predominantly about renovation um projects but at the same time i was really passionately interested in retrofit and where things were going where things should go um uh, I'd grown up with my dad. He was a builder um, for 40 years working on projects. He was actually quite an environmentalist as well. Um, and so it always struck with me that there was a lot more going on in this industry. And so I delved straight in, literally, and I've spent years now looking at every aspect. But one thing that really struck me was that um, even though women have a desire for a beautiful, aesthetically pleasing home, they still want it to work properly inside out um and even though you know for example they you know they want appliances that work but they want low rolling costs and bills and all of this was resonating at the time so that's how her own space came about and it grew organically really quickly to just under 3000 women at the moment and so it, it's it's evolved a lot in the last year and i've got a lot of plans for it to evolve but um, that that gives you a quick taster of how it began, really. Well, this is what tickled me about it. It's it's a grassroots, it's bottom up mm. organization. It's a network catering to a group that is scarcely catered to at all throughout yeah. the construction industry. I mean, you know, you go to a construction site. There's few women. The women that are there, they have to fight to be heard, fight to assert themselves. Like I've I've never heard any particularly positive stories about women's experiences. And particularly when you get to 
a sort of a, a domestic front to building. Mm. Like I've not had to commission much building work myself personally, but I've been around places that have, and I've scarcely seen the women treated particularly well. Now, this isn't the case for all people. Like mm. one would assume that folk who are listening to this podcast are probably a little more progressive in their views since they're contemplating things like energy efficiency and that, yeah. not as like some culture war driven slight on their personal freedoms. If you look at all the communications around building, mm. there is little that appears focused on women. Like I remember, uh, I mean, even us, then, like I remember Sarah being very critical of us early on like lads yes. it's been a bit cock yeah. heavy for a few weeks my words not hers like we need to do something about that and you know she was right but sometimes it was a little bit difficult because it was easier to find men because there were yeah. more of them it's not like we don't know any women like we make we make an effort like where we're really lacking is diversity in terms of having non-white people yeah, yeah. I, I love women. My wife is a woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the other really interesting thing is that what really resonated quickly was that why why hadn't women ever talked about renovation work together? Why hadn't they actually said, "Look, to my neighbour, I'm doing this extension." You know, who did you use? What builder did you use? What were the mistakes you came across? What would you prefer to have done? And what's really interesting is women can talk and build communities really quickly that are very, very dynamic. But what was already a taboo in, in kind of Britain is that talk about money is a real issue, especially that amount of money. So I did some initial research on why people don't just say, you know, to my neighbor, or oh, can I help you? Or I've done this. And what really struck was that there's um, actually a lot of trauma around the whole process once women have completed the work. Um, and it's so stressful and you're almost fearful you didn't do it the right way that they, they just don't actually want to talk about it. They just want to sit on their new sofa in their new kitchen, just forget that actual process happened. But what struck me was within the group really quickly is that women, you know, from all home topologies, socioeconomic backgrounds nationwide, were suddenly having a conversation that I'd never heard before which is, you know, comparing costs and and not in a way to say, oh, this is too expensive, but actually to realize, oh, maybe this is expensive for a reason. And it was just a different type of conversation that um, I hadn't seen anywhere. And there was just a real potential as well for that camaraderie and kind of advocacy amongst women yeah. to, to become a way of looking at newer and better ways of doing things, hence kind of redefining renovation as retrofit in their heads? Is, is there an element of normalizing that now? So that's a really interesting area for me because the, the kind of the word renovation refers to newness. The act of doing something again is actually completely in line with what retrofit is about now. Yeah, It's funny you mentioned that we've been talking about, so in the last three weeks, we've been talking about uh, retrofit and renovation as alternatives. It came up last week when we were speaking with Marianne Jamais and uh, when I was talking with Dr. Kate Simpson, former guest, when we met up for drinks a few weeks ago. And like Kate uses the word renovation because mm. where she's working with, so she's doing running a project just down the road from where I am with a sort of sheltered accommodation, helping them with new technology in their homes. And they use the phrase renovation because it feels less, uh, it feels more accessible in terms mm. conceptually. 
like it's less industrial it's softer it sounds it immediately sounds more positive the retrofit yeah which, as i've been critical since first coming on this podcast it means sweet fa it mm. means doing something to something that already exists completely so i think it, it is interesting that that came to be the word i'm just using that as a, a as a signifier of it just being a particularly uh male-driven mm. space in terms of communication and so accessing the information that you need to address things in your terms is it's difficult because the language and the format is intrinsically alienating from mm. the get-go. Yeah. So that's why I was particularly I was particularly struck by the potential in this because you get to cover all the presumably you just you cover all the same issues except you cover them from a different angle where yeah. you're looking at so you mentioned uh, budgets. Yeah. Like women are often not always, obviously, but perceived to be not the holders of the purse strings, mm. but the person who has to make the money work. Mm. But like, um, but then also what's interesting is, you know, that's assuming it's um, a husband and wife, for example, household. What's also interesting is the number of, um, you know, widows, divorcees as well, who are looking at renovating their homes and haven't had anywhere to start at all as well. So there's been some interesting socioeconomic backgrounds and cultural backgrounds as well that have joined the group who feel more comfortable in a women's space as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so would you mind explaining to us how it works? Like mm. what her own space... The day-to-day look like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really interesting because it's predominantly a Facebook group as well as the platform membership so women can sign up for £8 a month and gain more access to resources, um, a more private community-based forum, um, and checklists and guides and access webinars. But um, it's still in early stages because I really want to keep it fluid and reflect kind of what women are looking for, but also introduce them to the subjects, for example, air source heat pumps and, and all the issues on retrofit easily and and kind of uh, more tech friendly in a way. So it's a very, very active group. I can see that engagement is at least 50% of 3000 women on a daily basis. To give you an idea, I, I engage a lot. One of the most useful things I did was what I call a kitchen survey a few months back because I was speaking at the um, a Pure House collaboration project up in Harrogate. And I just wanted to bring something useful to that group. So I said to the women in the group, do you mind just answering a survey for me? And that survey was looking at 25 potential upgrades you could make to your home that would improve its energy efficiency performance, you know, touching on anything from sustainable materials as well to biodiversity. And I said, would you mind filling this survey? And in five hours, I got 1,200 responses. So it really showed me how there's the ability to just understand instantaneously um, what people are doing right now, what they want to do and what they don't know about and what they don't understand. So that can lead quickly to, you know, me pulling together a webinar. Let's go into this. So having a couple of female tradeswomen in the group as well, for example, I've got um, Leanne Madden, who's a fantastic retrofit coordinator, who did a webinar with me on how to, you know, what her role was, what does she do and how does she work with homeowners? 
Um, and she's in the group and she answers and helps women, you know, whenever she can. Um, we've got party wall surveyors. We've got um, Sarah Shooters, a fantastic um, construction legal contractor and and project manager. So um, there's a lot of really good discussions happening. Obviously, what you can start to see is the same discussions with women. I mean, at the moment, there's probably been about five to 10 different conversations before 10 o'clock in the morning, people needing some instant help or support in something. Um, and that can be really anything from I've got two structural engineer costs, and I'm just trying to break them down into what the difference is between them or you know, what kitchen taps has everyone gone for today? And uh, can somebody share pictures of their bathroom layouts with small bathrooms? Or, you know, I'm looking at the wattage and, and battery issues of the new battery I've got installing this week with the air source heat pump and the solar PV. So it, it's, it's a complete range of conversation, but actually provides a one-stop shop in a more realistic, practical way for women managing projects mm -hmm. like this. Uh, it's it's um it's really really uh active, and my role, honestly, daily is um you know really supporting the women as well one on one with their questions, just monitoring, making sure you know people are being kind, because I think one of the big things about the space is it's really really kind, and I say there's no question that is too stupid or crazy, or, you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. And, and there's definitely no training in place for women when they start their home renovation, I can assure you. So well, you get ready for some stupid questions now then. Uh, yeah. no, I, I think um, that's yeah. amazing. And I should say, uh, well done. I mean, the engagement you're getting is amazing, you know. It's, uh, it's bonkers. Like Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. And, and the uh, feedback's great as well. Women say, oh, thank God I'm here. Hi, lovely ladies, or hi, hive minds, or, you know, Hi, everyone. There's a sense of relief in that space that you know you can put yourself out there without any any recompense, if that makes sense. Well, this yeah. is, I think, one of the points that, that we quite often come back to with retrofit or renovation or whatever you want to call it, or energy renovation, as Marion uh, was calling it. Um, you have to get around the fact that, uh, that the work's being done very often in people's living rooms um, and um, they're not always being decanted from the buildings, you know, depending on the level of, of renovation. So one of the, one of the better uh, retrofit contractors in Ireland, uh, Ecofix, when they were, when they were starting up their, uh, their sustainability director at the time, Jay Stewart sat down their site operatives and said, lads, and it was all lads, you know, uh, I mean, he, he wouldn't use that term in fairness, but um, mm. You, you are no longer building contractors, you're home service contractors. Um, and that, that, mm. th that's a kind of a fundamental kind of consideration, which I don't think, you know, the culturally construction mm. industry has so much to do and bloody hell, these people are hard to reach as well because tra the mm. trades, you know, it's very disparate and scattered, um, and, uh, and finding ways to connect with these people and to kind of, you know, uh, obviously you have to find ways to, 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 to bring new blood into the market to people from different perspectives to, to, to change that culture, you know, so th that, that's definitely something that, that, that needs to be tackled. But I wanted to ask you specifically about 
Uh, there was a question that occurred to me. Uh, you have a great opportunity if you're if you've got this kind of an audience to, to you know beyond surveying, even to get into some like qualitative uh, mm-hmm. research to understand uh, the motivations that that different users might have, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that fascinates me uh, it would be uh, there's there's well established research, I believe, that in general terms, you can never uh, there are no absolutes of this. In general terms, women tend to feel the cold more than men. Um, mm. And there are physiological reasons for this. Um, mm. And my wife would be an exception to that. Uh, Definitely. You know, um, so you, you, you can't generalize. But the point mm-hmm. is that that um, you know, if that's the case, then surely that should be a consideration uh, and and a, and a potential catalyst for to just to, to drive renovation. You know, absolutely. I mean, comfort is the key. I mean, I think this is the whole issue with retrofit that's that's failing at the moment in this country. Is nobody is applying it to the public in terms of actually the implications of it as well as they could be. So, you know, I said it's about aesthetic homes, but it's comfort. It's a huge factor, um, whether you're, you know, air source heat pumps, insulation, all these kind of aspects of retrofit have a huge impact on on what women feel in the home, what their families and what they focus on. And it's interesting, you talked about research. So one of the best papers I read at the beginning of the year was by Professor Lucy Middlemas and her team at the School of Environment at Leeds University. And I've also been speaking to, she's a research fellow, uh, Julia Menini, who looks at actually gender and their relationship with energy. So specifically women's relationship to energy. Um, And they did a great paper on the, um, I'll read it actually out, it's the relational dimensions of renovation and the implications for retrofit. So so what it looks is, is the weakness in implementation of policy um, in actually treating homeowners as decision makers. And then they also have a very heavy gender interest in it. So um, I've been really fortunate enough to talk to all of them at the team, and they're working on research for me that really looks at how women's personal social relationships also help with making retrofit decisions and those kind of uh, relations women have to money, to uh, friends, to tradespeople, to comfort, to all the aspects of undertaking renovation. So um, they're really working in my area as well of how kind of community-based, gender-based stimulates a kind of sustainable lifestyle choice. So yeah, really, really grateful to work with them. And yeah, it's just great when you find a team that working exactly in sync with, it did give me the validation I needed that I wasn't going mad and doing this in a silo in my office by myself, (laughs) Um, which it can feel like. But uh, yeah, and also the need to identify how people develop trust um, in social groups is one of the biggest barriers to retrofit the moment. Yep. And I don't think the areas of public engagement are um, are working or even being thought through properly. No, so... it's utterly incoherent. I mean, it's like the news, Sunak, he's yeah. putting the, he's increasing the available grant funding for boiler replacement to seven and a half grand. Yeah. But beggar the energy efficiency of the property. Yeah. Like absolutely nothing on that. It's utterly incoherent. And it completely. It's, it's yeah. electioneering. And at all levels, like yeah. the whole of government policy, like we are on our own here. So, where did I hear it? It was on um, 
it was on uh, a podcast that you'll you'll recoil down at the mention of it. it was, um, <laughs> I occasionally uh, in my uh, uh, with, he's a massive Rory Stewart. Occasionally, fan. no, I'm not at all. No, uh, <laughs> but occasionally for shame, I will listen. It was that podcast actually. It's the West uh, Brit in him. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! There won't be any English listeners. Uh, but um, the, the point was that um, that Alistair Campbell, your your other favorite uh, individual, was talking about the fact that there there have been. 15 housing ministers in the last 13 years. I mean, how do you expect to have any kind of functional government when you when you have that degree of kind of musical chairs? You know, it's absolutely um, ridiculous. Yeah, completely. I mean, don't get me started, obviously, on yesterday's <laughs> chat. But what I found so disparate was, you know, there was reference to a family in Darlington who can't afford a £10,000 air source heat pump. Well, actually, I'm speaking to women who are based around there and they want it, but they don't know how to do it. It's not, it's that presumption, which is kind of a bit infuriating at the moment. There isn't the appetite, but yeah, instead of actually exploring or engaging or or realizing it's there. So yeah, anything, it's just driven me harder today to just focus on, you know, that grassroots up change. It's really funny hearing them talk like the orient the orientalization of the poor. Like yeah. they're othered, they're exotic. Oh, they don't understand these things yes. gathered around the remaining coal that they dug yeah. out of the hills in the northern wastelands. <laughs> they don't uh, understand. And it missed completely the element of affordable sustainability, which is something that I'm really passionate about. If you invest in the industries and products and services that are right for what we need, the affordability comes with that. A really, a really interesting example of an area where I've seen a bit of a shift with the women in the group over the last year is petrochemical paints, something that nobody even thought about a year ago. And an example is, I'm really passionate about breathability and natural paints, but also now there's a lot out there and there's a lot of greenwashing going on. And I, I honestly did work and look across a lot of products. And I really like, for example, Graffenstone um, for the work they're doing and their credentials with the Eden Project and Heritage. And then I realized their paint's not expensive. It is really like on par. Um, I'm doing a bit of a sales pitch for them at the moment, but um, I have to say they were brilliant. And they just came in to our group and they did a brilliant webinar for all the women in the group. And then they offered a fantastic prize for four women to receive a quantity of paint for their project. But there was, you know, I, I don't take any influential payments. I'm really big on not being bought in any way. So But that was so useful because actually we go back to what matters to women in the home toxicity matters at the moment. That's a really interesting area. There's even toxicity conversations happening with menopausal women and the impact on hormones for women. So that's really resonating with all women in the group, even some of the health professionals. They they, they suddenly realize what off-gassing is. Um, And actually, you know, I'm painting my child's room. So even if that family in Darlington can't afford you know, an air source heat pump yet, there's the opportunity to make smaller decisions. There's still the opportunity there to make some impact so that they have a control of the health of their home that I think is still being completely missed. It's, it's fascinating. It's a, This is a really interesting area. And it's one where, this, where it's it, uh, the science, there's lots of moving parts to it. There was a, there was a piece yesterday, uh, which in the Guardian, a big investigation, um, which you may have seen about uh, 
outdoor air quality. Mm. Uh, almost everyone in Europe is breathing in toxic air. We can put yeah. a link in the show notes. There's a, a an interactive map where you can look at what the 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 particulate uh, PM two point five. These kind of mm. small particulates that you get from uh, you know exhaust from from cars and from 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 uh, from from setting things on fire, which we really mm. shouldn't be trying to do in two thousand and twenty three as a general rule. You know. Um, uh, so, uh, so, so you have that to consider, and then you have uh, the indoor sources. We also one of the areas that often gets missed, I think, and that is, uh, it, it. This is really a real worry. We wrote about this in the magazine a while ago um, in Passive Plus. Um, is uh, is cooking? So, um, you know, uh, the, uh, you frying an egg, for instance, um, even can, can be, you know, or, or a steak or whatever, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a fame, famous study from, um, uh, God, I think it was Singapore. I could, I could be wrong on that, but it was, it was Asia, um, comparing cancer. Was it esophageal cancer? It was a cancer rates between women who cooked with woks and women who didn't. And there was this, this significant increase. Um, so you can mitigate against these things. You know, the, the you know, the thing about indoor air quality is that there's, there's, it's about as a, the indoor air quality expert Ian Maud uh, helpfully puts it kind of two things source control and dilution and source control yeah. obviously is about you know what you're talking about there it's about um, yeah. finding ways to whether it's in the fabric of the building and the finishes of the building and the plug-in air fresheners um, yeah. or whatever or you know um, or dare I say it what you cook <laughs> uh, yeah. less, of an, less of an issue for raw food vegans you know yeah. um, uh, you know these things are, are all there and then dilution obviously is about ventilation but it's it's nuanced and it's something that I think there's no getting away from it while the industry needs to do better we can't take this paternalistic view with it we need yeah. to engage with folk and and educate them and you know giving them technical solutions that will help uh, mm. you know, mitigate most of the problems is great but you need all of these things can be scuppered because somebody's bought the wrong cleaning product or because they love mm. Uh, you know, cooking stir fries every day or whatever it might be, and they don't have uh, capacity to kind of remove remove it, you know? Mm. I mean, even yesterday, there was a conversation in a group about trickle vents, where there's still, you know, there's always women realising that actually, oh God, my windows are coming, they've got these funny vents in, and then there's discussion on ventilation. And then actually, there was a great conversation with another woman who said, well, you know, I've got an MVHR system, and just that conversation, even though I've talked about it in the group before, that's that's a really a real area of lack of understanding and awareness. And obviously, it's extremely disruptive to add to some homes, but it's not inaccessible either. Um, and she said, oh, just cleaning up my filters. She says it's just such a relief realizing the amount that's not coming into the house. But that kind of comment resonates quickly. Yeah. I mean, oh, what is coming into my house? And, you know, how do I um, manage that and, and do what I can in the little way I can in my own home? If there's no space for those conversations, why is anyone going to know about it? Well, well, I think, again, another thing that's really interesting is there isn't a space for all those conversations more generally. No. Like, no. like I'm, I'm not talking about a gendered one uh, or one catering to a particular community. Jeff, your point earlier about how the, the industry itself is fragmented. The reason why I decided we had to have you on because of when you described what the, the network was, how it worked, and uh, the benefit, the value of it to mm -hmm. its participants, I was very envious. Like because, like as much as like I I might know about a bunch of things, as much as I might pontificate and act like I do know it all, I'm well done. Like I'm a total dummy. And like just yeah, addressing just, the practical. You're a man. You're meant. You're meant to kind of you know don't admit that you don't know everything. No, yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> but like just 
you described it as a, like a one-stop shop mm. earlier. Like, and like, oh man, that is so powerful. Like mm. a one-stop shop that you can access uh, without anxiety. Yeah. Like depersonalized, without yeah. risk, like with a degree of camaraderie and support where you can ask questions that you might feel dumb asking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or, you know, if you're asking, if so if you're encountering a home builder who might be lovely, might not realize he's being sexist, might not have any idea, doesn't feel like he is, you know, he's got daughters, like that sort of person. <laughs> like there is a there is a, an emotional barrier in terms of risk and power to accessing the information that is held within someone else's head. And mm. this relieves those barriers. And yeah. like, as, as a, uh, like, you know, I did a media degree. Like, <laughs> like there is still anxiety of a sort when talking to tradesmen who come to the house. Like I quite enjoy the conversation. I've worked in those trades as well, but I was always like some prick who had a media degree. Like it's not, <laughs> I, I. Sitting around watching the Simpsons all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was very much othered. It was fun, you know, driving to work in the van, reading Thomas More's Utopia because I had to read it for university <laughs> while Sean <laughs> was sat next to me trying to engage me in a conversation about birds' asses. <laughs> like, uh, like it, was, it was an awful lot of fun. Like, yeah. and, like why are you reading that? Oh, it's yeah. a story. <laughs> yeah. Like, you yeah. can find common ground, but it's a lot of effort. And do you know what's interesting is that, um, you know, honestly, I'm going to put my hand up. I, I even underestimated the women in the group. And, you know, we're just talking about underestimating homeowners um, from conversations yesterday. I underestimated the ability of women in the group. And, you know, I had somebody say to me, well, if they want it, do they just want, do they just want women's tradeswomen or something like that? And I was like, no, this isn't, this isn't what women are doing. There's self-builders in there. There's, um, you know, women restoring huge heritage properties as well. And um, there's also women who decided, for example, to retrain. And we've got a line plaster who's a woman in the group. And she did a city and guilds, I think it was, last summer. And, you know, people even, even the women, we were like, but plastering, really? Can you as a woman do plastering? Um, you know, it's very physical and, you, you know, heads. Yeah. And she did, you know, there's, I think even I underestimate the ability of some of the women in the trade and women who've decided to enter the trade now. And obviously there's physical parameters to any, any job in life, but there's definitely nothing stopping a woman with the physical ability to do something, doing something. Yeah, I thought I remember you mentioned the the plasterer to me, the lime yeah. plasterer, because I thought that was a really interesting example of someone who was motivated by the subject, who got into the space like more deeply through your network and recognized an opportunity, retrained to realize the opportunity, and then used the network to share her new skills. So it's like a, it's like well, actually, she's networking. not shared her new skills because she's probably so busy she doesn't want any more work. <laughs> So that's actually the problem I have with getting women tradeswomen in is they're like, yeah, but we've got too much work. We don't want to promote ourselves either in the group. So I've had women turn down thinking I'm not going to be able to cope with. But then in a way that just proves that there's a demand for for women in the trade. They, I, I have spoken to Anna and Paul who are founders. I don't know if you know Task Her, which is a, yeah. a platform. Yeah talked a lot about women in the trade but um there is a real demand and it's not just by women either yeah um, 
to uh, so there's a real career opportunity there that I want to give more of a voice to as well. So, so stories need to be told. That's yeah, as wide as far you know. It's yeah. worth they noting. Came, anyone came out people. there? Sorry, Jeff. Uh, it's worth noting. Anyone out there who's looking to recruit in a more diverse manner, shout out uh, Laura. And you know there yeah. is a there is a, a an advertising vacancies or recruiting opportunity within these networks because like there are very few groups that have that sort of engagement. There are very few platforms that have so, that sort of tightly, neatly targeted audience. Mm. Like they're all self-selecting. They've all chosen to be there. It's a subject which has motivated them to join this group. And you mentioned that the £8 charge for joining the platform at the beginning. Now, that isn't an exclusionary £8 charge. That's an added value. So you could, so there are women who, uh, there's no barrier to entry per se. Like yeah, anyone that's can, really important. Yeah. Yeah. Like, any women can join it without paying, but yep. there is added value to be gained. So exactly. it's, it, it's not just, man, what I'm trying to say is there's a, a broad group, mm. a, a broad group within a certain demographic that people are trying to reach, that people continually say we should have more women in our industry. Well, there you go. Crack on. Give her a shout. The details will be in the show notes. Noise her up on <laughs> LinkedIn. Get in touch. Because that's a, an opportunity and it spans the whole fucking country. The whole of the British Isles. I don't know if you're in well, Ireland yet. We, we have women in Ireland. Yeah, definitely. Scotland. We have a lot of women in Scotland, even though, you know, obviously there's different regulatory issues and obviously different schemes and challenges. But actually seeing what they've achieved is quite inspirational for what we're not quite there on yet as well, with some of the additional grants they get up in Scotland for retrofitting. Um, Jeff, do you want to ask your question? Because I thought that was really interesting, the one you mentioned before, uh, about one? temperature. Well, yeah, I mean, I touched on it before. I, I, mm. I think um, there's well-established research in this, in this in this field. I mean, I don't know. We, we kind of already covered it. Um, well, it, it was more that, like, all right, sorry. The reason why I want to go back to that is this is, there is something unique about the properties of this space in terms of addressing qualitative experience. Right. I was going to use it as a platform to talk about user experience, Jeff. Because knock yourself out. Thank you. <laughs> because by addressing it from a different angle, so we've we've touched on this in a bunch of ways already, I suppose. In a very very gendered uh, industry and associated professions, academia, we assess spaces, the home, in very functional terms. So. High performance building mm. is always looked at in terms of energy efficiency and increasingly performance in terms of health, mm. but less so in how it helps with uh, socialization or the lived use of an actual household. Yeah. So, Jeff, you touched on it before with kitchens, and you referenced the fact that like it's it's an invasive process. And this is something that I very rarely see addressed in any of the literature or any of the conversations or any of the webinars. Like, in fact, it's the the bit about what Bill Borders and Adrian Lehman talked about. Like, buildings are rarely built to be used. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't think about their use apart from the first yeah. use in the initial stage. And I think this forum intrinsically comes with this uh a different approach in terms of starting from a lived experience, certainly yeah. in the way that you described yeah. how your your members engage with the subject. 
Yeah. So Jeff, your question about the cold. So women traditionally feel, so this is the reason for the eternal battle over the office thermostat mm. <laughs> because women feel the or cold more than thermostat. men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it is an actual thing, like there is evidence to back it, but is a thing that never appears in the literature. And I just wonder whether this is, uh, so using that as like a, a, a banner issue, whether there is the opportunity for this forum to to further, I don't know. I think you can make the case for these things by, mm -hmm. uh, if you engage with your, your users, you've got a powerful way to ask people questions, like asking, in this case, women questions about, what do you want? You know, how do you use your buildings? Yeah. Um, what's your experience of buildings? What's the desired outcome for you? Do you, do you want uh, you know colder bedrooms? Do you want mm. um, you know? Do you want even temperatures all the time? Um, mm. You know, th then there's different kind of live kind of work profiles. People you know uh, working from home, whatever it might be. What, what you know? Are you happy to accept intermittent heating? Are you happy to have certain parts of the house that are not heated, for instance? You know, yeah. and, and so on. You know. Um, yeah. Thank you, Jeff. That yeah. is exactly what I was trying to get yeah. at. Like, and that conversation is really important at the moment because there's um. There's a big gap that I'm hoping to bridge, which is the scientific technical complexities of retrofit. And then actually, how does it relate to the um, the hands-on experience in the home? And uh, I, I do find there's a, a lot of text-planning going on in some of the other groups on these subjects. Yeah. It's really intimidating. And actually, it just becomes a conversation on who knows more about something after a while. <laughs> yeah. And well, actually... We we had um, you know air source heat pumps again. You know we could go on for we could make a whole another podcast. You've you've done many on um, the the mis the misinformation around that. But just having we had heat engineer Louise Howler in doing an interview, and also I'd like to set up soon for a webinar. And people just said just that interview alone just made so much sense in terms of now what what it was, how it would help them in the home, the comfort factors, that they didn't need to be passive house standard to install one. And, you know, uh, just, um, but also the comfort factor. And as you said, the temperature factor and control. And and Louise talked about that herself because she's installed um, with her business air source heat pumps the last 15 years. And she also implements as the newest technology comes in. So she's saying, it's not noisy. I don't hear it and it's outside my bathroom window. That actually is those little anecdotes that um, are just yeah. what matters more than anything. Um, or you can just get bogged down in technical specs at the moment as a woman, trying to even just enter any level of understanding on these things. And then we, you know, we've got women, we've professional women in the group as homeowners, you know, who are, you know, anything from accountant to um, you know, advisors, et cetera. They're, they're not unable to comprehend this information it's just not necessarily their field and they just need a little bit of hand-holding when it comes to digesting it really i think yeah. you also find laura that a lot of the people men included uh in this area they might sound like they know what they're talking about and they might mm. be using lots of technical talk but oftentimes they haven't a clue um <laughs> yeah um, and, and, they're too, yeah. And, and people are too afraid <laughs> To admit that they don't know what, so they, they, people nod and agree. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well, I mean, that, you know, obviously there is also people with, with amazing expertise who are uh, terrible communicators. Um, mm -hmm. That's here, but I think it's this this element is is essential. Thinking about you know actually 
actually uh engaging with people um and understanding you know like why would why wouldn't you why why would you uh allow these kinds of obstacles to be to go unchallenged um mm-hmm. we we have to be thinking like this in order to to stop people from 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 having doubts about doing works yeah. for their buildings for instance you know and we we've got to investigate it all you know so i'm i'm yeah. intrigued by the the the, the uh, scope for um for uh uh meaningful kind of uh engagement with uh with your members basically you know um and, and what could be learned from that yeah it, it was really important as well you know some people said to me Laura you know a lot in this industry but you know hands up myself I don't know everything either and I'm still learning every day and people said you know why didn't you make it your personal brand and I was like no it just wasn't my personal brand it was it was a space for other women other experts other professionals in the field as well to contribute and you know I have I'm a gatekeeper that's kind of how I see myself in this role you know just protecting the space for women and making sure that they're not sold anything that's not right for them or I'm you know and also just making sure that if there's a journey of discovery I can go on it with them and figure things out with them um and um I, I've got some really amazing case studies actually as well women who've done some amazing deep retrofits on a property for example in Teddington and uh, she's great she's fantastic she's a tax accountant as well and and she's really also invested in looking at tax incentives for retrofit so her and I are working on all sorts of areas but she did a deep retrofit during covid when she thought she was going back to work and and she didn't so um um her house which I uh, had the pleasure of seeing a few weeks ago is fantastic what she's done so uh showcasing those and doing those case studies are going to be a really nice thing to also work on i've got lots coming up actually yeah the potential of all of this the bit the bit that excites me is what you can learn about the briefing process mm. because so bringing in my other life corporate comms and mm. building websites and products and stuff like that one of the biggest barriers to getting anything done getting the right thing done is the clients being unable to articulate their needs and separate their needs from their desires yeah and being able to understand what is feasible within with the resources that they have available yeah. and planning for the future and i'm not suggesting here women women eh <laughs> they don't know how to ask for what they want i'm no. saying everyone doesn't but women are much more willing to communicate and go through the the verbalizing stuff to get to the point that they want to and they're much more tolerant mm. of talking it through to the end just saying all the words that need to be said to get it all on the table so everyone is well appraised by the end of it. It is quite a different method of communication. So to Jeff's yeah. point about the room of nodding men who mm. are clueless and in- too insecure to acknowledge the vulnerability of their ignorance, you don't have that in the same way. Yeah. And I'm yeah. really curious as to how that can, what could be learned from these forums can be used to help people brief better. Yeah. Because when you brief better, the job's quicker, it's cheaper, and everyone knows what they're doing, and fewer people are unhappy. Well, the interesting thing on some of the briefs that women write to the builders, for example, is that initially, really, really early on in the group, the briefs were sort of at the end were like, and I really want to do the right thing with 
in terms of sustainability, or they just put the word green technology question mark. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, that literally was like, where do I begin here? <laughs> the the other really interesting thing is, is obviously, you know, um, like uh, Lucy Hayden, her name is, she's the one who did the deep retrofit I'm talking about. And I will, I will say her name because she's fantastic in all the areas she's working. But um, I mean, she, she literally is now said to me the other day, I could retrain. I really feel like retraining as a heat engineer. You know, that's how passionate she is. That's how involved she's got. Her knowledge has just escalated. And actually, that's an interesting thing. Women tend to have this, um, I'm not saying all women, but there's this ability to suddenly become an expert in the field that they want to explore. <laughs> you know, whether it's choosing the food for your baby or, you know, what 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 you're doing in the home. Suddenly they read everything out there on every level. And, you know, Lucy's a really good example of that. But the briefing side is so key. And and actually it's something I'm working on, exactly that, which is looking at the right tools to help women to create their own pathway for their own project. Because there's obviously a variety of topologies, socioeconomic backgrounds uh, nationally, and there's also different resources and different companies in different areas of Britain. And then the grants might apply and they might not apply. So is there a really nice tool to create to kind of make that a really simple, here's a good starting place? Because I think they don't need the handholding. They just need the checklist to make sure I haven't missed anything off. Or just the ability to quickly ask a question, what does this mean? But uh, but briefing is interesting. But what's probably one of the saddest barriers at the moment in the group is actually just finding the right people. Obviously, there's a huge amount of upskilling focus that needs to happen in the country. Mm. But that's 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 really, I really hope, you know, in terms of finding retro, more retrofit coordinators, the right tradespeople, the right heat engineers, the right electricians. Uh, but at least there's the conversation. Does anyone know anyone who can do this for me? I'm based in Nottingham. You know, they know somebody's only able to recommend somebody that they have actually personally used. That's one of the rules in the group. Yeah. Um, you can't recommend anyone otherwise. That's at least a start there. I suppose there's a thing about safety too, is there? I mean, there's, there's this, you know, in other words, making women feel, uh, I, you mentioned trust as well earlier, but um, making women feel that, that they can engage in a project like this um, and not be terrified at the prospect of having, uh, you know, knuckle dragging big hairy arse men, uh, you know, with, uh, with Neanderthal views you know, coming into into their personal space, you know? That, that's you definitely, um, I, I think some women thought of first joining the group, there was actually a few questions somebody asked me before they joined is like, is this an anti-man space about, you know, criticizing builders and all this? Da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> um, and actually that's not, that's no. not place. What's, what's interesting. And also I'm, you know, my dad was a builder for 40 years. Actually he was unusual because he's Austrian as well. And he emigrated here and, and, run massive renovation projects around but um and but then his whole trades team were with him for 20 30 years and honestly i was working on site from 12 um he denied the fact i was tiling for clients when i was 12 years old but i was like i i you got me doing everything but it's such a comfortable space for me and god there were some great characters you know and they're all still like family and and my mum got annoyed because uh, my dad used to call her by the name Eric of his his top carpenter every day when he came home for years. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, stop calling me Eric. 
But um, that familiarity in, in that space, when you realize you don't, you know, a lot of these men, their husbands, they're, they're, they've got children, they've got daughters as well. There is, I don't, I want to alleviate the fear mongering as well so that better conversations happen. I know. And, and it's just simply about just ask them. Just, just if you're not sure about something, ask. Don't be afraid to ask. There's a I, lot of fear of asking. For sure. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not, I don't mean to uh, <laughs> malign uh, my entire gender, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, because there's obviously there's a great many people in the industry who are very sound and fair and reasonable. It's just, you know, there are bad apples out there, I suppose, as well. And, and, there, and there are cultural issues that yeah. need to be kind of uh, challenged and, and that's changed. the fierce first fear point is, look, I'm about to spend this amount of money. I'm just terrified of making a mistake with the wrong person. That's absolutely the number one fear, I'd say, amongst the women homeowners. I think the best people I've seen in this space in terms of trying to tackle this, uh, uh, we're starting to see occasionally uh, people coming into the, the retrofit and renovation space from sort of a retail background. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fascinating because there's more of a consideration then uh, of, uh, of the customer's you know, experience through the whole process. And you know, even putting in place mechanisms to to assess uh, um, feedback, to, to get feedback from customers to ensure, uh, you know, uh, uh, to, to find out how did it work for you, or what 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 issues did you run into, where um, on any level, technically, the quality of the workmanship, through to uh, how personable people were on, mm. on on site, all that kind of stuff. That that all needs to be part of the process, I think, to kind of make everybody feel more trust, more confidence that, that yeah. it's not going to be a, a painful, scary process, you know. Um and, and also I haven't I haven't actually told any of the women in the group. And funny nobody's ever asked about my own project or my own home. Ah. And it's actually resonated with me in the last like, oh, I've forgotten to share where I live. <laughs> but um yeah, no, I'm I've been planning a retrofit for a few years we bought this property in about seven years ago and we've got 1930s um house in southwest london but really really focused on being a good case study and being a good role model on how this is done you know at the same time we don't have a huge budget to spend um endlessly on on doing everything without any monetary consideration so yeah i want to share that journey as well and what i do and you know, my, bits might go wrong. Who knows? You know, um, all the more reason why it would make a great case study. You know, yes, uh, it, it's more real for 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 more people. You know, yeah. uh, if you're if yeah. you're dealing with a scenario that that lots of other people maybe go, you know, c- coming from at it from the perspective that many other people will be doing too. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, I really want to share that and find the best way to share it. Is it worth talking a little bit about your project in specifics? Uh, what do you think, Dan? Um, so um, I'm really exploring everything to benefit standards would be my ideal. Uh, it's a 1930s. It's a detached house. We were really fortunate. It's an unusual property. Um, it's got a lower ground level at the back versus the front. Um, and then there's also the discussion about we're actually not extending the property because there's a lot of discussion also about extending versus carbon emissions and your impact, you know, where everyone instantly extends um, and goes out nine meters and et cetera. That's not what we're doing on this. And that's actually quite important. And even my neighbors have said, why aren't you extending? I think because they want to be able to also have, and I'm like, doesn't okay. need to be. I think there's a big conversation on how big your house actually has to be in life. And we're fortunate. It's a, it's a good sized home. It's untouched. It's one of the features 
I chose it. I actually offered on it before my husband had seen it. Um, but he was he's fantastic. He's like, I trust you. And then he they said we can't accept the offer because obviously he's also got the financial say over things. <laughs> and they're like, he has to come and see the house too, they said. So I was like, well, here he is. And then he came and left. They said it's fine. <laughs> You know, again, this was seven years ago, so retrofit really wasn't a big point of discussion either. But I instinctively like this house because it's been unrenovated, so it's never been touched. It's a blank canvas. Blank canvas. It's had nothing done to it. Literally, the family who lived here for 50 years, um, yeah, they did nothing. So it's even got original bathroom, original kitchen. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but it's perfectly livable, but it's got all the same challenges as typical British home draftiness, single glazed, you know, there's no loft insulation. So my planning at the moment, which obviously I'm lucky enough to be doing with all the women in the group, is is to take it to Enerfit standard versus deep retrofit, you know, versus kind of how far do I take it? Uh, There are beliefs that you know, Enerfit is obviously so expensive, but at the same time, some people are saying it's not. There's different approaches to it now. There's different materials. There's different ways of planning it. Yeah, I'm also lucky in that I have my mother. She lives literally a street away. So she might only be finding out now on this podcast that we're moving in with her. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um uh, but that that would be the plan because obviously the disruption would be too big for us to even stay on any level. You're not just doing the en- energy renovation works. You were actually going to remodel the house too, are you? Um, we're actually lucky. The house doesn't need that much remodeling. It does, obviously. Everything will be new in terms of uh, underfloor heating on all floors, the plumbing, etc. You know, to what extent nowadays retrofit to that extent means just gutting a house and keeping the four walls is is kind of a big question mark as well. But I think we're going to be at the stages of looking at more feasibility studies with a couple of really good architectural firms over the next year to just get the right answers, I think, next. But I think one of the things that I think is such an advantage is we're not in a rush. It doesn't sit well with me to rush renovation work. And I think that's a massive conversation piece. Everyone's desperate for extra space, desperate to do it now. There's that constant seasonal window to catch, you know, where you want to do the building work in the summer, you don't want to be stuck here. And I've seen that as one of the biggest problems with successful renovations is when things just aren't planned properly. Yeah, there's, there's absolutely no doubt that planning stages can alleviate the chances of risk further on more than anything. So I think even just sharing the planning stages really, really clearly, the documents, the briefs, the feasibility studies, biodiversity study, obviously you've got biodiversity coming in November, which is a major conversation for new developments, but I think it still resonates with the women. We're looking at, you know, planting to reduce solar gain, seeing your garden as the whole not just as an isolated add-on extra at the end. Yeah, it's all systems design, isn't it? Yeah. That's it. Your garden is part of that. It's not just a manicured space for a... A, a desert. A, a de- yes. a, yeah, yeah. A, a, a desert a, 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 a tightly clipped desert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, my neighbours keep trying to lend their gardener to me. I think they're kind of hinting that it's got a little bit... <laughs> out of control but at the same time you know that's actually all these elements really resonate now for me as a woman who's really big on sustainability 
I don't get it always right. I'm still trying to figure out what greenwashing is existing on products and 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 what really matters and what doesn't. At least I'm. I think I've got to be really open and honest always in the group, which I am. I'd with. love to talk to you more about this, by the way. Sorry for cutting you off. Um, no, but, uh, I'd love to lo- love to. Um, it sounds amazing for us. To, uh, I'd love to to cover this in the magazine. I'd love to to um, to have your voice in the magazine. Uh, you know, as much as possible, frankly. Um, right. And um, uh, it sounds to me like you're uh, of a mindset, for instance, where you'll be able, to, where you'll be inclined, or or you'd be interested in doing things like embodied carbon calculation too, which is a fantastic way. It's not that it solves all of the problems, but when you do embodied carbon and whole life carbon calculation, it does help you to settle an awful lot of, uh, cut out an awful lot of the noise, you know, around yeah. washing, you know, but when you have properly independently verified uh, uh, measurements for, okay. for a, a given product or, you know, um, and, and you have a, a, a system, you know, to, to, to put that into, to, to kind of pr- uh, try and appraise your decisions and whether they, mm-hmm. whether they stack up, you know, when you realize that when you actually engage with this stuff properly, it's mm. explore, ex- you know, at the right stage at like the design stage project, um, it can, you can see how massive an impact, uh, you can have, um, on, uh, on the overall, you know, amount of CO2 that's spewed into the atmosphere even before the yeah. building is built, you know, yeah. um, by sometimes quite simple, painless uh, decisions, you know. Exactly. Um, so yeah. it's just it's just having that knowledge, you know. I think there's also a real opportunity still that hasn't been tapped into more creative ways of um, just communicating the technology around things and also the you know the emissions conversations and uh, and actually just communicating communicating that methodology simply that's actually really untapped it just constantly too heavy um for everybody but it doesn't need to be well um, yeah the the industry has thrived on what are termed hard skills mm. at the exclusion of soft skills mm. and uh, just like co benefits they're all just fucking skills they mm. are neither hard nor soft they just are like oh man um, right, just aware that we're running uh, long. There are a few things I just want to make sure of. Like we'll get on to what's coming up. So your crowdfunding and how people should engage. We'll do that in a minute. So with a, an eye on winding up, and it'll take as long as it takes. I don't mind going long on this because I think it's really interesting and it deserves the space. But what have we got? What's in store? What's happening in the near future for her own space? So her own space, I am a CIC, community interest company. Um, it's really important for me to to invest back into doing as much as I can to maximize the effort that I'm making in the group. I really want to grow awareness and you know, my aims are introducing the concept of retrofit, normalizing it and providing real clarity and tools for women. So it's it's just about that ripple effect of scaling up. So engaging with people, with organizations that can just uh, promote the space is really important for me, as well as, uh, you know, there's potential grants and funding as well that's really important for me. I think I'd like to, uh, well, I know I'd like to invest a lot of time in how those case studies get delivered and produced so that they're really effective in showcasing what women have achieved, not just what women could achieve, 
And women achieving some amazing things in this group. And I think that's the problem with the conversation we had yesterday uh, or the conversation, you know, had by the government yesterday is a perception that it still hasn't even started. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm like, this has already been going on. You know, there's projects being completed. There is work being completed by it. There are people buying air source heat pumps. There are people actively making huge leaps in this area that actually just having a voice for them, I think, would um, would have a significant impact. So, yes, it's it's also really lucky to work with the team um, school environment, Leeds University doing uh, some research for me as well with their students. Um, their students are a business sustainability and sustainability consulting. So just making those connections um, and they've got really an incredible uh, knowledge base on retrofit barriers in the UK and how to overcome them. So, yes, and I've met some fantastic people in the last year along this journey. Who've, it, you know, the, the movement in itself, if it's a movement, have really resonated with. Yeah, and I'm up for learning anything. So if anyone wants to offer me any free training in any area. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, take it up. You have a, a, a crowdfund set up. So if anyone wants, if anyone can see, so any organizations out there that can see the value in this and would like to engage with it, one way you can quickly start supporting is by literally just give them some money. Yeah. Like as blunt as that. Yeah. You can go to the donate tab on my website, Her Own Space. It's just in the top right-hand corner, herownspace.com. And that's in the Um, show notes, to be clear. Yeah. Yeah, anything, any help in any way, I'm I'm really up for in terms of connecting and supporting the platform costs I have and you know the content production costs, etc. So thank you for and uh anyone out there who wants to contribute contribute expertise or skills, think they've got something to offer, get in touch with her. Women out there working in the industry, sign up and help your peers. Yeah. Like Definitely. get in there, get involved. It's an easy way to give something yes. just by offering up your your knowledge. Yeah. Well, I think there's so much potential to reach audiences that are absolutely unattainable. Mm. Like you mentioned uh, just in passing, it was the bit that really stood out to me because uh, my mum used to be an assertiveness trainer in Blackburn, so working with local Gujarati community. And, you know, hard to access, not easy to get into. And you mentioned that you'd had at least one member join and was able to join because it's a women's only space. Yeah, definitely. It just means that it becomes this (laughs) melting pot. Yeah. Actually, you know, the, the specifics of that particular case. Yeah. It's kind of it's probably more subtle than that. As in, you know, obviously no woman's going on there and staying, obviously, but um it's it's definitely the cultural norms of for 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 women of certain cultural backgrounds to talk more easily amongst other women is really important and actually has been a kind of unexpected a benefit. And I think women are more likely in this space also to introduce themselves and a little bit about their story with other women. Mm-hmm. So that's probably how I've picked up on, uh, you know, uh, women who are recently widowed or divorced or et cetera, um, and are just needing a new space to kind of create their own home, their new home. 
And also there's women who are retired who have actually even gone through retrofit projects before, and this is their second retrofit project. That's martyrs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there's, there's a really interesting point here, actually. There's a trope that does the rounds all the time, um, and it really annoys me about retrofit. And it's you hear it from some people, actually, uh, rather than talking about uh, this particular group of people. But when you talk about elderly people, the assumption is basically, well, I'm not going to retrofit because I'm not going to see the benefit in my lifetime because people are thinking in monetary terms, right? Um, and they're not thinking about, you know, even even in, in, in terms of, and I mean, I mean, in very narrow monetary terms, in, in terms of reduced running costs, never mind the asset value. But if you start to change the framing of this into, into thinking about comfort, and we're, t- when we're talking about elderly people, again, yeah. if we get, get to get into physiology, these are, you know, as as you get older, you need, and there's there's, there's inter-environmental quality standards which relate to this, you become more vulnerable uh, to to variations in temperature, um, you know, to extreme colds or, or heat. Um, so you need um, a, a narrower band of temperature um, from a health perspective, you know, yeah. so... I, I wonder whether you're seeing much engagement from from. I mean, you, you mentioned uh, widows and retirees, but I think they're mm. a fascinating group to engage with too, uh, and turn the some of the conventional thinking on its head, perhaps. You know. Yeah, and actually, there's a lot more knowledge as well um, amongst that demographic. Obviously, they've joined because they're doing a project in the first place. So um, that's the kind of portal to entry. Is you've joined a group about renovation and retrofit because that's what you're doing. You're about to do. A few women doing self-builds as well at that age and what they're looking for. They've got the land, they've got the property, and they are. They're building a passive house standard as well, property. But uh, how they're laying it out is interesting and how they are and the things they're factoring in. But in all honesty, I think that the future-proofing is definitely a big element of conversation as well. I think needs to happen is future-proofing our homes for when we get to certain ages. Yeah. in terms of accessibility and comfort, obviously. So what I'm seeing is actually an equal level of knowledge amongst that. Um, I mean, and obviously, you know, the group is not going to engage, unfortunately, with people who are not going to do any work and actually probably should do work and probably should consider spending and investing in that because you have to have that want and the appetite in the first place, obviously, for entry. But at the same time, you know, there's obviously always going to be a ripple effect. And I have had certain women as well print out, for example, the interview I did with Louise Howlett, the heat engineer, who printed out the interview and passed on to elderly family members who had actually we're really like, I'm not, I'm not putting in an air source heat pump. I don't need it, but we're in need of making upgrades anyway. And one of the women said that was really useful to pass on to my father-in-law. And he read that and it answered all the issues. He kept saying, oh, it's noisy or it's going to be too invasive. It's not going to work, et cetera. So um, it's nice to have the tools there for the women to share with others and the stories to share. I think absolutely stories are so important. And I think, you know, you don't need to be engaging with people who who are insistent that 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 it's not for them. Sharing the stories of 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 the the benefits that people who are in go, going through this process, the motivations uh, and and the and the benefits uh, that they're getting from it, that'll that'll help to win over hearts and minds as well, you know. Definitely. All right. Is there anything that we need to plug at the end that we've not already done? So anyone who's interested, offering expertise, help, support, not necessarily unsolicited advice. We're sort mm. of uh, yeah. <laughs> trying to mitigate against that. <laughs> but I think 
there are opportunities within this. So like you described with the diversity issue, there are emergent properties to this platform which are yet to be uncovered. And that's what I'm, oh man, that's the bit that gets me. Like who knows quite where this is going to go, but there is something really interesting and potentially quite special in it. Uh, So recruiters, employers, holler at Laura and get involved. Yeah. Um, Women, trades women. Yep. Well, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Uh, I can think of a, we'll just have to, we'll have to start introducing you to more people, I think. Oh, did you meet Sarah, by the way? Uh, We are catching up. Um, She's actually, they've asked me to be in the National Retrofit Hub working groups as well. Oh, big up. Yeah, five and six. So that's a definite. I, I, I did. I did put myself forward for that, but they said, could you be in five as well? Because it covers uh, gender and women in the trade as well, um, as well as six, which covers impact and drive in, um, you know, in in retrofit. So, yeah, I'm really up for collaborations and partnerships with people because, um, you know, we don't have, we need some commonality in the natural retrofit hub, obviously doing the national retrofit hub, sorry, should I say, is doing a lot to sync that. So I'm chatting to Sarah next week, yeah. Oh, yeah, and uh, that's Sarah Edmonds, former uh, host of this podcast now. Uh, Best director at National Retrofit Hub, co-director, sorry, with Rachel, other former co-host, auspicious pedigree, isn't it? We used Uh, to have better gender balance as well in this podcast. Before, uh, the the problem was that the the women working on it were so good that they ended up getting big jobs elsewhere and uh, (laughs) leaving the dregs behind here. (laughs) <laughs> god it's a terrible oh, state of affairs yeah um, all right then. um well we'll call it a day for now but we are certain to have you back on i think we'll probably see if we can make it a, a regular thing we'll find a way to do that because i'm yeah. sure you're gonna have plenty of things to talk about and if we're working on research in one guy under one guise or another there'll be plenty of scope for that any yeah. way that resonates definitely yeah you've got so much access to such an engaged audience like anyone who doesn't want to get involved they're a fucking mug like that's <laughs> the truth of it right um all right so wrapping Brilliant. up uh yeah thank you so much for joining us thank you uh, it's been thanks, a real pleasure Dan. thanks jeff yeah yeah um, Brilliant. don't disappear when we say goodbye in a minute guests sometimes do but we're just going to run through the the uh thank you for listening uh we appreciate you just doing that to be honest it's really validating. Um, if you get something out of this, please share it with someone else. You probably know someone else who will get something out of it as well. Please hand her to our neediness and our fr- fragile uh, male egos. Yeah. Yep. And indulge us in this toxic positivity and give us a five star review on all the platforms. It's the only one that algorithm cares about. And uh, it has been gratifying to see some more get in there. We don't monitor it closely, but I just checked the other day and it's, yeah, it's looking all right. So thank you for them that have. Thank you in advance for them that uh, for them that are going to. And if you can't be asked, that's fine. Don't mind. Reviewers as well, that would be handy. But again, if you can't be bothered, fine. What else? Join ACAN, join the AECB, join the IGBC, join her own space. We'll start throwing that in as well. All of that's in the show notes. Uh, talk to us about just anything. If you want to... Uh, oh, uh, that's it. If you want to ask Jeff a question, feel free to email in. We've answered a couple. Uh, we've thrown a few in uh, obliquely. 
Uh, and we won't do it every week. But uh, yeah, I don't care, Jeff. You can make as many faces as you like. Uh, <laughs> I am offering you up as a resource to uh, create a more engaged readership, a listenership. <laughs> Talk to us about the consultancy as well. We're working with a whole bunch of people on a bunch of really interesting things from sustainability strategy to research at the moment. Oh, I'm messaging, common strategy. Uh, there's some, oh man, there's some really interesting stuff going on that we can't tell you about because we are professional. But uh, we might be able to peel back the curtain a little if we're talking about work. We'll see. Anyway, do. Um, we like talking about these things. And if anyone's really stuck, we do free clinics. We'll give you like half an hour, three quarters of an hour of our time. If there is a, a a problem you're facing that you think we might be able to help with, it's good for us. It's a new business call and uh, it's research, if nothing else. And you'll just get some free advice very quickly. Anything else, Jeff? No, um, uh, the magazine, whatever, but it's fine. You know, we. Um... Oh no, 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 no! If I can do it justice. Advertising Passive House Plus. Well, it is a peerless resource in the industry globally. It's worth acknowledging. No, we've had this this chatter on LinkedIn, that post you did about uh, publishing in this space being a vocation. It's worth giving you your props because as much as you've got West Britain, you've got the the reticent to acknowledge, praise and respect uh, Catholic part here, not the Protestant part. <laughs> right, there you go, yeah. Um, so it's worth validating you. And patronizing you as well. Well, <laughs> I put, I managed to put the potato down for a second and write coherent today. Yeah, <laughs> thanks very much. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, uh, it is. Um, it, it, look, we've been at it twenty years. Uh, it would be hard to be doing something for that long um, and not to learn a thing or two. You know. Uh, oh, but listen, to Laura, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. pleasure to have you. And um, I'm really looking forward to finding uh, other ways to collaborate with you too. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how this uh, this exciting new kind of, I guess, you could public kind of good business grows and thrives. Yeah. I mean, new to us, Jeff. It's been going a while. Well, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but we're not the target audience. That's why no. we didn't know. Uh, cool. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.